Welcome back to the podcast. Welcome to episode number 177 of Starting the Conversation. I'm your host, Alice Benham, and this is going to be a bit of a chatty episode about launching and my experience of my most recent launch and some thoughts and encouragements for any of you who are thinking about launching and what that might look like within your business. Now, to give you a little bit of context, I have done a lot of launches over the last probably about three and a half years in my business. I remember my first launch was in 2019 back when launches were not really a done thing, especially in the UK and kind of the online business space. And obviously since then, a lot has happened, both in terms of all of the launches that I have done, but also I feel in terms of how launching as a concept has really grown in popularity and use in the online business space. Now, already I feel like I've said the word launch about 25 times. So I'm just gonna apologize in advance. If you're listening to this at a time where it's appropriate to get yourself a drink, do not play a game of bingo where you drink every time I say the word launch because you will probably not be understanding what I'm saying within about five minutes of this episode. Back to the context. So I've done a lot of launches. I have done launches that are Instagram heavy. I've done ones that rely on paid ads. I've done ones that use challenges or workshops to kick them off. I've utilized influencers in launches. I've done an event to launch something. I've done a lot of launches for stuff within my own business. I've helped a lot of clients and students with their launches. And I'm basically saying this to share that I feel like I've seen launches from lots of different perspectives and lots of different approaches. And what I want to do within this episode is share more about my most recent launch. And within that, hopefully give you something to think about in terms of what launching can look like for your business. So I feel like it's one of those buzzwords that we hear and we all probably have a different assumption of what launching has to look like or how it has to feel or what kind of results it's going to get us. And I just want to give us a big old permission slip today as hopefully I help you to do with every kind of topic in business and marketing, which is to do it your way. So bit of context with kind of my recent relationship with launching. If you've been a listener of this podcast, you'll know that typically after each time I launch something, I share an episode which talks more about how it went, the highs, the lows, the lessons, what worked, what didn't. You know my style. I'm all about being as transparent as possible. And in recent months, my relationship with launching has been a little bit of a sticky one. If you listen to this podcast back in September last year, you'll know that I was hyping myself up for a very big launch. I was coming back from my month off. If you don't know, I take the month of August off from my business. And so I was going to hit the ground running in September, do this big old launch. And I'll link the episode in the show notes where I talk about it with my previous team member, Emily. I mean, every launch teaches me something, but that one was rich in lessons. And it was particularly rich in lessons around how I want my launches to feel and look moving forwards. From first launching about three and a half years ago, I had very much gone with kind of the heavy, intense approach. I was using challenges. I was bringing ads in. I was creating a lot of content and it got great results. And at that time, it did feel good both for me and I'm hoping for other people. But something kind of clicked last September where for me, that approach just wasn't feeling good anymore. It not only wasn't feeling good, but because it wasn't feeling good, I wasn't approaching it with the right energy, with the right action. So it wasn't getting me the kind of results that I wanted it to get. So I knew off the back of that launch that any programs or courses or things that I might wanna launch in future would need to look and feel different. And I was curious, but a little bit hesitant about the process that was ahead of me exploring what that was gonna look like. I did a couple of kind of small gentle launches uh, later on last year. I launched um, a couple of events, an in-person workshop, and I just approached it in what to me felt like a much more organic and just kind of much more chilled way. And they got results. 
results. People responded to it. And I think those kind of mini launches gave me this data and this confidence, I guess, of, okay, maybe I can change the model here and it still get the kind of results that are important to me. And when I say results, I'm not just talking about numbers. I don't do launches just to make tons of money or bring in profit or scale the business financially. For me, a good result from a launch is also about the kind of people that it attracts. You know, making sure that everyone in it has bought from the right place, that the people in it are a right fit, that it has felt good for me to deliver, that I've honored my values, that my audience who hasn't bought has still had a good experience. So just know when I'm saying results, I mean the quantitative, yes, the numbers matter, but also the qualitative as well. I also had a pretty big launch at the end of last year which was for my new business on paper. And that launch went amazingly. We sold out of one product within eight minutes. We sold out of everything else within just a few days. And that for me was just another big piece of evidence of, okay, we can do this differently. And just because it might not be the way that everyone's doing it or the way that you think everyone's doing it, let's explore what that could look like. So I entered this year, 2022, ready to kind of do my next big launch. And when I say big launch, I just mean like a group program or a course. And these aren't things that I do often. My business model is very much focused around one-to-one work. And for me, the group programs that I offer are really there just to create an accessible version of one-to-one. I am not massively interested in a business model, which is primarily group programs and courses. I know that's the typical route that fully booked one-to-one service providers go down because it's super scalable. You can make a ton of money, but there's just a lot of reasons. If you haven't me to talk about it, I could do a whole episode on it. That for me, that model doesn't align. So the way that I see my group programs is that they sit alongside and they complement my one-to-one work. So I don't do tons of launches, but I came into the SCA feeling like, okay, I haven't offered something in a while that is accessible. I've told people that I'm going to create a program, a new program that's around marketing. So maybe we should do it. And I was preparing to do that right at the start of this year. But as you might've picked up, if you've seen bits of my content over the last couple of months. This year didn't quite start how I expected. I had a life happens moment. In fact, I had multiple life happens moments where the things that are outside of your control just get involved, limit your capacity and force you to take a bit of a step back. I will admit it was a slightly um, resentful step back at first, but after a while I just accepted this is my fate. Let's just take a chill pill. My time will come. And the time did come. I approached March and I was thinking, cool, I'm feeling good. I've got my energy back, my capacity is back. I think I'm now ready to open doors to this group program. So I went into it really curious to try something different. And when I say different, it was still a digital marketing focus launch, but I really wanted to take the noise out of it. Previously, I have done launches that are very focused on external content. You know, there's tons of stuff happening on my Instagram grid. I'm being really loud. I'm being really clear. I'm getting hundreds of people into a challenge or a workshop. And there was nothing about that that was bad. I didn't feel in any way that that was sacrificing on my values or that wasn't aligning for me, but it was just a lot. It was exhausting. It was a lot of time. It was a lot of effort. And I always think in business, if something feels a way to you, your audience and your community is likely feeling a similar way. And what I didn't want to do is have this model that I was relying on, which every few months was really exhausting for everyone. I didn't want to have this kind of up and down feeling content where it was like, oh, she's gone quiet for a month and then oh, okay, now she's in launch mode and she's everywhere and she's annoying me. I wanted to create this really consistent and almost calm feeling online presence. And that wasn't helping that kind of launch model. So what I wanted 
to do with this most recent launch was take more of the selling behind the scenes. I wanted to rely a lot more on email marketing to do the actual selling and more so use the external stuff. So my social media and this podcast and anything else that I do that anyone can access, use that more as a place to capture people's interest and almost just keep them reminded of what's going on. So that's exactly what I did. I utilized my Instagram and this podcast to drive people to a wait list. Drive feels like an icky word to use, doesn't it? To encourage people if they were interested to join a wait list. And that was just an email list that I set up. And then what I did is I used that wait list, that email list of people who I knew were relevant, who I knew were interested, who had consented to being told more about it to really do the kind of loud and clear and frequent and consistent selling. And just as an immediate like conclusion to give you, it felt so good. It not only got great results, I'm really pleased with how the launch went, but it just felt like it had an ease to it. I've never really felt that with those kind of big loud launches. They've never felt easeful. They felt satisfying because it's this big crescendo of hard work and effort and you get this big shiny feeling result, but it's never felt like there's been ease to it. And this launch felt exactly like that. So let me talk a little bit more about what went well. I guess my first point, which I've already started, is that it felt easeful. I remember being a couple of days into the doors being open and having, I think it was about 10 to 15 people signed up and just thinking like, this has been easy. And I don't say easy in a like, you know, I didn't work for it kind of way because I've put in months and years of content which has nurtured those people and I've worked on my skills as a strategist and built a rep, you know, I know it's not easy, but I guess the better word to use is there's ease. It felt like there was an ease to it. Like I wasn't trying to convince people to buy something. I wasn't trying to force them to get it and to want it. I was just offering them this invitation and just going, hey, look, I've got this thing. Let me tell you more about it in a way that is actually just really chilled. If you want in, you can be in. And people did come in. I was just so relieved that the results were still coming because I think I had this fear in the back of my head. I'd done some kind of more easeful feeling launches towards the end of last year, as I said, but not any that were kind of to this level in terms of the expectations I had. And I was a bit like, am I gonna get the results that I'm interested to have? Or am I gonna reach the same numbers that I might have expected if I'd gone for that louder launch? And when people started signing up and not just people, but the right people from what I currently know about them were signing up, it just felt like the biggest weight off my shoulders of like, yes, this can work and it feels really good. Now, the main reason I'd say that it felt so easeful and that the selling of it just felt, yeah, like I said, not like a sell, but just an invitation is because the offer itself was really aligned. I mean, this is the first thing to think about before we get to thinking about launch strategy and how you want to launch is actually, is what you're selling something that people want from you? Marketing strategy is where my business began. And as much as I try and now brand myself as a business and marketing strategist, a lot of the time, the way that people refer to me is Alice is a marketing expert. Alice is a digital marketing coach. Alice is a marketing strategist. And that tells me, okay, that's what people really know me for. And that's what people really want from me. Yes, we should be steering our businesses, you know, if you think of it as a ship in whatever direction you want to take it in, but we should be letting the steering be slightly dictated by what our people are saying to us. And my people who I trust and who I know I want to help were asking me about marketing and not just marketing, marketing strategy. People didn't want to be learning more of the like surface level stuff or, you know, they're just kind of tips and tricks. They wanted to get to the core of what marketing strategy actually was and access those benefits. It was 
was in selling the, the day workshop version of this month-long program, so I had strategy in a day and a strategy in a month, crazy creative names I know, just made me realize, gosh, this is something people really want and need. And creating something that people really want and need, gosh, it just makes the sale so much easier. The first hurdle is already jumped over because yes, people want it. So now we just got to figure out how to tell them about it. And speaking of telling them about it, this podcast was an amazing way to get the information out there. I loved using this podcast to tell you more about what was going to be in the program, to not only tell you actually what was going to be in it, but show you. You know, these episodes, I was designing them to be a taster of the program. So I didn't have to sit and tell you why the program would be great or convince you that it was going to be relevant. I was showing you by giving you half an hour of expertise that's related to what we talk about in the program, you would have all of the information you would need to decide, is this something that's right for me and am I interested? Judging by the traffic on the waitlist, this podcast was the biggest thing that helped that waitlist to grow. And there was something as well about the content being within a podcast and it not feeling super public or in kind of external content like Instagram that also just felt really easy to me. So this podcast was a big old tick. I loved the role that this played um, in that launch process. And then moving on from the podcast, people then being on the waitlist, that worked so well and it felt really good. As I said, I mainly used the waitlist as the place where I was then selling. If you think about launch in three stages, you've got pre-launch, you've got launch itself, and you've got post-launch. I was using my podcast that you're listening to right now in pre-launch. And then I primarily used emails during launch to really do the selling, the informing, and the kind of nudging of, hey, do you want to take action? You know, let's go and check out and actually save a space. And again, that felt really good. That wait list, even though I emailed them pretty frequently, didn't unsubscribe, not one person. And that really surprised me. But I guess when I really think about it, it shouldn't be that surprising because the people that were on that waitlist, well, they'd actively consented to be sold to. And even the word sold to feels wrong. They'd be, they'd actively consented to hearing more about a thing that might be of value to them. And I think for me, that gave me such a permission slip to show up via email in a more frequent and in a more direct way. Because I didn't feel like I was trying to convince people that weren't interested. I was telling people that had already asked me to tell them more, which felt so much better. So selling to that waitlist felt really good and worked really well. I can see a direct link between when emails went out and when people signed up. And then the other type of email marketing I did was to my main list. Now I didn't email my main list very frequently. I think I did two emails maybe to tell them about it. And because I knew that the people that were most relevant were already gonna be on the wait list, that felt good. I maybe could explore in future upping that, but I think I had two people unsubscribe from the strategy in a month info from those two emails, which for a list of over a thousand people, I'm pretty pleased with and think is good. Another thing that went well, which links to the email content is how I was creating it. So I was actually writing the emails as I went. I would sit down and make sure that whenever I was wanting to get an email out, I had half an hour that morning to write the email and schedule it. And for me, that just worked so much better than spending a day two weeks ago writing every single one out. It felt so much more natural, so much more organic because I just thought that day, okay, what might people need to hear from me now? What might make sense to tell them? What encouragement might they need? What information might they be craving? What questions are people asking me? Great, let's use this email to answer those. Although it was then a little bit tricky on my schedule, creating that email content as I went, I think resulted in email content that was so much more 
aligned and felt so much better for me to create. So that felt good. And I guess the ultimate what went well on the win is that people saved spaces. I'm really pleased with the numbers that the launch ended on. I was going to share my launch numbers and you know I usually would, but I had a really interesting conversation with someone the other day about how, and I completely agree with this and hopefully you'll know this, sharing numbers without the context and the nuance acknowledged can actually sometimes do more harm than good. And I completely agree with that because I hate the narrative around launches where it's like, you know, a six figure launch or 10K or, you know, a hundred students. And we don't discuss and make sure that we're aware of, okay, you know, I've got an audience of this size or it's all relative because I've hosted this this many times or I had affiliates or whatever. So if you want me to do a breakdown more of kind of conversion numbers and stuff like that, let me know. But what I will conclude is I'm really pleased with the numbers. It was an incredibly profitable launch and not just the numbers were good, but the qualitative stuff was good too. I don't just have people in the program. I have the right people in the program. From what I have read so far, as people have told me what businesses they run and where they're at, I think everyone in it is a really good fit. And of course, that's something that I'll understand more about as I deliver the program and I can report back on that once we're finished and once I get to know the group a little bit better. But that is what went well, which is a very long list. So I guess on to the other side of the list, which is what caused the challenges and what didn't go well. Well, I don't really have much of a list here. I'm going to be honest with you. This felt like a really good launch. I guess one thing to acknowledge that caused challenges was before I did the launch, my kind of health issues and the life stuff that happened. Um, It was difficult and frustrating to need to keep delaying it. And I was very conscious from my audience's perspective that it was kind of getting people like re-excited for something. It was like, okay, it's not coming yet, but it's going to come soon. Oh, not going to come soon. And I was kind of conscious not to tire people out in that sense. So I guess in an ideal world, I wouldn't have done that, but life happens and I'm not going to beat myself up for something that I can't control. I guess one thing, I mean, I didn't list this platform at all and what went well that I would like to figure out how it slots into this model moving forwards is Instagram. I struggled to really want to use Instagram for this launch. It felt very comfortable keeping all of the selling kind of within email. I loved using my stories on Instagram. I don't have any blocks there. That feels good. But there's something about using my grid to sell that just doesn't feel right for me. And I don't know if that's like a gut feeling, listen to your values kind of thing. Like, you know, for me, it's just really important again for me uh, that I keep my grid, keeping really focused on other people and how I can serve you. And I use, you know, my stories and my emails more to be the place that I'm then selling. I don't know if that's what I'm feeling and therefore it's valid to listen to it. Or if I'm just being a little bit silly and it's just a bit of that external fear of like, oh, people are going to see and what are they going to think? And I'm going to annoy them. So I'm going to sit with that for a little bit longer, but I'd like to work out how Instagram can play a bigger role within this launch because my Instagram is very established and engaged and I don't want to be underusing a platform just because I'm not quite sure how it fits in. My prediction is that Instagram could play a better job in the pre-launch phase in the same way that this podcast gave you a taste of what was going to be in the program. I think Instagram could do that as well. It's just for me making sure that I have the time to sit and create that content because I find that a lot harder than just sitting down to chat into a microphone. But yeah, I don't know if, if selling on my Instagram grid during the sales process is ever going to kind of feel right for me, but we'll see. And I guess the other challenge that I could note is that it was really interesting, actually. I didn't have a big rush of sales on the final day of doors closing. So for the first time in a long time, I trialed using an early bird price with this program. I was just really interested to see how it would behave and how people would respond to it. And there was a big rush on the final day of early bird sales ending, but there interestingly wasn't a big rush on the final day of sales closing. And I don't know whether that was because I'd already kind of 
created that big rush feeling at the early bird point. Or just perhaps because for my audience or those who are on the wait list, like everyone who was interested had already taken action. I don't know. I feel like with that more kind of heavy, big, loud launch approach, that like final day has so much energy to it. Whereas I think because I was going for more of a kind of chilled out approach, I don't know if there was that big energy right at the end. So is that even a valid expectation? I'm not sure. But that was something that was just interesting to me. So I guess in terms of what I would do differently next time, the main thing that I do want to figure out as I've talked about is how Instagram can play a bigger role in helping to build up that waitlist pre-launch. Honestly, apart from that, it's a model that has worked really well for me. I've really enjoyed it. And I'm glad to be able to report that because I've had so many conversations recently with clients in my DMs, just with people that I'm meeting who are just feeling a little bit exhausted by the prospect of doing that kind of loud and big launch. I feel like it can be easy to assume that launching equals that model. You know, you've got to do a challenge or you've got to do a workshop or you've got to go really big with it. It has to be like really, really loud and really, really big. And there's nothing wrong with that approach to launching if that aligns for you and for your audience. But that's not the only way to launch. I feel like we think it's the only way to launch because it's the loudest. So, you know, if you think of five people doing five different approaches, well, the one that's the loudest approach is going to be the one that we think more people are doing because it's so loud. But that doesn't mean it's the only approach. And it definitely doesn't mean it's going to be the best approach for you. When we really break it down, launching is just introducing an opportunity for people. It's just saying, hey, I have this thing, it might be a value to you so that you can figure out if it's gonna be a value to you, let me tell you more about it. That's all, all, all launching really is. It's just waving your hand up in the air and a crowd of people and going, look, I've got a thing, it might be for you. Should we have a chat to figure out if it's for you? If it helps, I'd encourage you take away the word launch. You're not launching your new program, you're not launching your new product, you're introducing it. You're just saying, hey, here's a thing for more than just one day in one post, let me tell you a little bit more about it. Let me give you the information that you need in order to move through the buyer's journey. There are three stages to launch. You've got your pre-launch, the launch itself during and post-launch. Every single launch is gonna follow that rhythm, but how you do that and what you do in each of those stages is totally up to you. It's all about finding the model that aligns best. And what's the best way to find the model that works for you is to give one a go and see how it feels. We are rarely gonna land on like the perfect model first time around. In fact, the perfect model probably doesn't exist for any of us, not only because there's always going to be sticking points in business, but because we're always going to be evolving and our priorities are going to change. I loved the model of that big loud launching a couple of years ago and hey, I may bring it back in and and do it again in future. But I know that for me right now, that doesn't feel like the right fit. And the way that I've learned it's not the right fit is that I've done it and I've seen how that's felt and I've listened to that response. I listened to a really brilliant podcast episode the other day by my very good friend and honored to call client, Vix Melju, on her podcast, Course Confident, which is fantastic. If you haven't listened already, if you're an online educator, I'll link it in the show notes. Amazing podcast to listen to. I love the way that Vix shares. Um, she did a recent episode called How I Lazy Launched My Sellout Program. And I just loved that episode. I found myself nodding the whole way through and I sent her a text afterwards, just like, that is a 10 out of 10. And I want you to go and listen to it after this episode if you've got the time. Because she gave, very tangible examples of what it looks like to find a launch model that works for you. If that typical way of launching doesn't feel good, the conclusion doesn't need to be don't launch. The conclusion just needs to be, I'm gonna find a way that feels better. Vix gave some really great insight and advice around how she still follows the theory of launch. She's still doing what a launch is, but she's doing it in a way that is on her terms. And she's not just doing what feels good to her, but she's also doing it how it feels good to her. You can have 
have that big loud launch, but it might not feel right for you to have everything prepped in advance and everything planned out and ready to go. Now I talked about how for me, one of the wins from this launch is the fact that I was creating emails as I was sending them. For a lot of people, that's not gonna work. You're gonna wanna have it all ready to go. Great, my approach isn't wrong, your approach isn't right. It's the approach that is gonna work best for each of us individually. So the encouragement I wanna give you off the back of this episode is to reconsider your relationship with launching and consider how you can launch in a way that is gonna feel good for you. And that's not only about finding the model that works for you, but also implementing that model in a way that suits you and feels good and is on your terms. I'd be really interested to hear off the back of this episode, what is your relationship with launching? Is it something you've done before and you're interested in kind of finding a new way of doing it? I know for a lot of my clients, that's where they're at at the moment. Is it something you've just seen people talk about and do and the fact that it always feels quite loud and overwhelming has put you off? I'd be really interested to hear how this episode lands for you. And what I will say to end is that you don't have to launch. Something I talk a lot about when I discuss marketing strategy is the difference between selling on an ongoing basis versus selling on a launch basis. And the difference there is just, is it available to buy and inquire about all the time or is it only within a limited capacity? If it's a limited capacity, great, it makes sense in a launch. If it's not, it it can work in a different way. I sell my one-to-one on an ongoing basis. I've never once launched it, yet it's consistently booked out. And that ongoing way of selling actually feels very good to me. And I would be pretty happy. Um, And I would be pretty happy if there was somehow a way to deliver a live group program with it being an ongoing sale. I haven't quite figured that one out yet. But if that's something that you'd be interested to hear me talk more about, ongoing selling versus launch selling and how I can keep booking out my one-to-one services without that kind of heavy focus launch period, let me know because that is something I would really love to discuss. But that is it for today's episode. I hope you found this in some way interesting, insightful, thought-provoking, entertaining, valuable, whatever you want to take from this episode. I hope it's been valuable for you. As always, we'd love to hear your thoughts over on Instagram at Alice underscore Benham and I'll be back in your ears next Tuesday. So make sure to subscribe wherever you're listening so that you don't miss out and I will be back soon. See ya! Thank you.